Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, it's so good to have brother and sister Wright with us. We really appreciate them so very much, even though it seems like every time he comes here, he brings cold weather, so the fishing is bad. But we still love him regardless, and uh, we're going to welcome him to the pulpit this morning. God bless you, brother Wright. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You know, as I'm sitting here watching the worship and trying to feel after the Lord, uh, I'm reminded of, of what happened to me in devotion this morning. I woke up about 5.30 probably, and my I just laid there as, as is human nature whenever you wake up and there's no point to be alive. Uh, so I just laid there and... Then finally my alarm went off at 6 o'clock, and I got out of bed. I uh, took a quick shower so I could help get awake. Um, took a shower and put in a little cup of coffee, and I turned on some music for worship, and I knelt down at the couch. And as soon as I knelt down, a picture of somebody that's close to me, I saw him lifting up his hands, and I saw him weeping and, uh, and crying out to the Lord, and he was burdened down. And as soon as I saw that face... Um, the Lord just spoke to me and said, he's carrying stuff that he should not be carrying. And so later on, if I feel released, I'll call that, that particular person and I will talk to him. But as I looked out and I scanned the congregation, I felt the same thing coming over me. I felt the same, not for everybody, because I looked over here to my, my left and, and looked at different areas, and there was pockets of people that were breaking through. There was pockets of people that said, you know what, I'm going to touch the throne of God. I don't care who's beside me. I don't care what, I, I don't care what it looks like. I make sure that I'm going to touch the throne of God. Amen. And so... There's this, there's this statement when it comes to backcountry camping and backcountry hiking, and it goes like this, the, that ounces equal pounds, and pounds will break your back. So when you're hiking for 7 to 10 miles in the backcountry, and you have to carry all of your equipment in, and you have to carry a backpack that will weigh around 45 to, to 50 pounds, if you're not careful of the equipment that you bring, you will realize that a bag can quickly go up to the 7 or 80 pound mark and you don't want to carry that amen and I just I want to exhort one more time if you're here today and you're carrying something that you shouldn't be carrying I think it's time to let it go amen I think it's time to let fear at the door I think it's time to let doubt and depression go I think it's time that you go back through the backpack and you clean out weights uh, that don't belong amen amen so I feel victory in the house. Somebody shout victory. Amen. 
Amen. There is victory here if you need anything from the Lord. I believe that when I give the altar call and the power of God begins to move, that he's going to meet us in a special way here today. Amen. And I've learned this about Jesus. You can either be a bystander or you can be a participant. Amen. And today, why don't we make up in our mind that I am going to participate in what God is trying to do. Amen. Hey, that might be as good as a preaching as I preach today. We might as well participate in what God is trying to do in our lives. So, You may be seated. I don't have a traditional text. We're going to have a little fun in the house of God here this morning. Is that okay? Amen. I'm going to, I, want to, I have some questions that I want, to, I want to try to divide the house with, if that's, that's a, a good terminology. Some questions and and, you know, hopefully some truthful answers. I'll warn you right now, if you lie, you fry. No lying in the house of God here today. Amen. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. How many here are the firstborn in your family? Man, your hand shot up so quick. Like you're convicted of that. huh? The firstborn. Let's see your hands. Everybody look around. Amen. How many is the baby of the family? Look at them. They're smiling just like, yes, that's right. Me, I get all the attention. I rob. Now, how many is like me and I was robbed because of the oldest and robbed because of the youngest? I was the unforgotten middle child. Look around. Everybody, middle children, keep your hand. Matter of fact, middle children, stand up. <laughs> Come on, let's give a, a round of applause to our middle children who suffered all kinds of abuse and have been forgotten most of our lives. You know it's true. Stop acting like it's not. How many of you have worked more than four jobs? No, not at once. Excuse me. Just and you know, at your lifetime. I mean, I've worked four jobs at once. I was an estimator. I was a husband, I was a, a father, and, you know, go on. But four jobs, more than four jobs in your career. <laughs> She's like, I worked 654. How many of you have been married for more than seven years? Okay, congratulations. Let's give them a hand. That's right. Awesome. How many of you have been married more than 40 years? Don't put your hand up, Pastor. <laughs> more, what did I say, 40 years? 40 years. Sir, do you have your hand up? 40 years. Let's give them a hand. Come on. Amen. New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox? Whoever wins. Okay, let's see the hands for the New York Yankees. All right, we even got more. than. I'm telling you what, I just watched every one of you that put your hands up and wooed for the New York Yankees. You better help me preach later. I will walk your pew, and I will anoint your head with a remote. I see some big pens and a She's for Christ can. Whatever one works. So that was New York Yankees. How many for the Boston Red Sox? 
We got a divided house on that one. Okay, so let's go Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, let's see your hands. Peyton Manning. How about Tom Brady? Let's see your hands. Well, I don't know if there's more people, but there's definitely louder people on the Tom Brady side. Now, I'm going to divide the house probably as much as it will ever be right here with this question. But how many of you prefer Starbucks over Dunkin' Donuts? Who said Starbucks? I fully expect that when I give an altar call, you will be the first to come up to this altar and the prayer hide through. How many says Dunkin' Donuts is the way to go? Come on, somebody. Pizza, cheese only. Pepperoni. Meat lovers. Veggie lovers. Or you know what, it just doesn't matter. Pizza is pizza. I'll take all the pizza I can get. Okay, so how many of you for breakfast like to do what I did twice today? And you like to take some bread, throw it in the toaster, and you like to take monster globs. I'm talking probably two or three tablespoons of butter and smear it on that bread but then don't stop there you take two to three teaspoons or tablespoons of peanut butter and you put it on top are you kidding me my man my main man let's let's give him a round of applause that is unbelievable you have never had peanut butter and butter toast that is my goodness what is your most embarrassing moment? I need some bold people. I need two bold people to stand to your feet right now. Sister Marie. <laughs> Anybody that's bold will tell me what. Sir. Yes, your most embarrassing moment, sir. Oh, that, yeah, that is an embarrassing moment. Well, I get that. That could be an embarrassing moment. I probably wouldn't have caught it because I tend to not catch words as we're singing. Anybody else, your most embarrassing moment? All right, here it I see an ear-to-ear -ear smile. Prepare yourself. This is hallowed ground. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't, if you didn't hear me, he said on a Christmas special, he stood up to play his trumpet, uh, and somehow his pants made it around his ankles. There is this unique invention that's called a belt, and it, it prohibits the pants from doing exactly that. Supposed to. Amen. <laughs> and this is one that I had just had to conjure up. And is this all right if we have a little fun for a moment? You guys are okay out there? I'll preach to you in just a moment, but hang on with me. How many of you, if your family or your spouse was to describe your Christmas spirit, would you be the Grinch or would you be Santa Claus? <laughs> 
Everybody in the house for Santa Claus, let's hear it. Everybody in the house that you would be called a Grinch, let's hear it. <laughs> bah humbug. Pastor, basically what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm giving counsel, and now you can know how to minister to the saints when I leave. Keep notes of all these questions. My goodness. You know, uh, so let, let's, just do, let's just do this one here real quick. I got two more, three more here. Uh, how many prefer to open gifts privately versus in, in a public setting? Or it's awkward for you to open gifts when people are watching. How many like to open gifts in front of other people? Anybody? Like, of course I do. That's my love language. It's gifts of affirmation. How many believe that we must, everybody say must, that we must play Christmas music before Thanksgiving? How many hate it when the Christmas music starts playing before Thanksgiving? All right, let me just do the grand finale, and let me just ask you, and this is going to, I'm going to judge you accordingly to this one, uh, but I want to, uh, grand finale, final questions. How many of you like hamburgers with pepper jack cheese, with jalapenos, and lastly, with peanut butter? Anybody? Nobody has ever had a hamburger with pepper jack cheese, jalapenos, uh, with hot peanut butter on top. Church is dismissed. I thank you for allowing us to be a small part of here of New Britain. That is unbelievable. I'm telling you right now, if you want the best lunch you ever had, go home, take a hamburger, put jalapenos, uh, pepper jack cheese, and ha or, uh, peanut butter on top. But, uh, you know, as we look around here today, as we... Just try to have a little fun. We try to relax in the house of God. And, and I ask these questions to you. There is no doubt in any of our minds afterwards uh, that we are very different. Amen. Each and every one of us has a different story in life uh, to tell. Each and every one of us, uh, we have uh, a different viewpoint or a different perspective. Would you agree with me when I say that? You have different tastes. It's obvious to, that some of you, really, you just come to church, but you have no interest in going to heaven because you like Starbucks, and we know that Starbucks won't be in heaven. And so we see here that there is a vast difference between each and every one of us. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How many other people were born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Exactly. Not many of us here. How many of us was born in another state except Connecticut? Look around. There are multiple differences that we face, uh, that we see, different preferences, different viewpoints, uh, different biases when it comes to life. But today, I want to talk to you about four areas or four common denominators uh, where all of us are exactly alike. Um, amen. Are you ready for this? There are four common denominators and there are four areas uh, which each and every one of you are 
alike. The first area that I want to bring to your attention is this, uh, is that every day that we wake up, uh, every day that your feet hit your bedroom floor and you go down into your kitchen and you start to brew some coffee, every day that you get in your car and you begin to navigate through New Britain to go to work, uh, the first common denominator that each and every one of us has today uh, is that there is a devil that's trying to destroy your and I, my walk uh, with God. There is a devil that wants uh, to destroy your relationship uh, with Jesus. Amen. There is an adversary. A matter of fact, First Peter, I believe, verse 5, it says uh, that be sober, be vig- vigilant, because uh, why? Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, will walk about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. John 10, 10, a verse that I'm going to reference uh, multiple times here this morning. It says this, the thief, everybody say the devil, the thief cometh not but for to steal. Everybody say steal, to kill, say kill. And to destroy, amen. And so whether you like it or not, whether you want to participate in it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, every day you wake up, you're going to have an adversary that's going to try to walk down your lane and try to destroy what God is doing in your life. Would you agree with Brother Aaron and say that is an area that each and every one of us are alike because the devil just doesn't want to kill me or destroy me. He just doesn't want to destroy Sister Maria or you or you. He wants every one of us to spend eternity in hell with him. Amen. He wants every one of us to be lost for eternity. How many has read the news today? How many has watched the news in the last couple weeks? Uh, Amen. It doesn't matter. It seems like every day uh, there is corruption in politics. There are problems uh, with children at school. There are problems uh, with teachers at school. There are more drug problems, more violence problems, uh, more hatred problems, more talk of war problems. Uh, I say it like this, that our news uh, is simply a magnifying glass uh, that gives us an insight or a peek into this war against the devil and God's creation, humanity. The news is simply a magnifying glass that lets us know every day that the devil will not stop. The devil will not let up. The devil will not hold back. The devil will not stop trying to destroy our lives. Amen. Number two, the, the, the number two common denominator that we have here today is this, uh, that we all have become a victim of the devil's attack. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, that for all, everybody say all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not one person, the Bible says, uh, that is righteous. No, not one. There's not one of us, in other words, uh, that has done enough goods, uh, has has done enough good works uh, that can repay uh, the sin that is in your life. Would you agree with me when I say that all of us uh, have sinned and come short uh, of the glory of God? Hello, somebody. 
Amen. There is a sin problem that has robbed humanity. There is a sin problem that has severed our walks with God. It was in the Garden of Eden that what? God told Adam and Eve, the day you choose to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, you will what? You will surely die, God said, when they ate of that fruit. Uh, they did not drop down physically immediately and die. But what happened that day? Sin, uh, their disobedience to God, caused uh, a separation. God drove them from the Garden of Eden uh, and put angels there to guard them. There was a spiritual death because of sin. Amen. Sin. You know, I'm not saying this to try to make anybody feel bad. Matter of fact, when I say that we all have a sin problem, that should bring us all together. Amen. I, I'm not saying this uh, so that you can look at your neighbor and say, man, it's about time a, a preacher started preaching about sin uh, because I know what they've done and I know the mistakes they made and I've seen where they have walked. Uh, my friend, you better tread carefully. One time the Bible says this, that uh, a group of Pharisees uh, brought a woman uh, that was caught in the midst of adultery. She was caught, they said, what? Uh, in the very act. Hello, help me preach for a moment. Is that not what the Bible says? In the very act. Uh, and they said the law said to stone her to death. Uh, but what do you say? Uh, and Jesus just knelt down to the dirt uh, and he put his finger in the dirt and began to write something. Uh, and when he stood up, he said, he that is without sin, uh, you go ahead and cast a first stone. Uh, and he bent back down and he began to write in the dirt. Uh, and all of a sudden when he was done, he stood back up uh, and it was just him uh, and the woman that was accused. And he said, well, where are your accusers? Uh, she said, Lord. Lord, I have none. Uh, and he said this, uh, neither do I condemn you. You go your way and what? Sin uh, no more. When I say we are all sinners, uh, I'm just letting you know that I'm not judging you for your weaknesses. Uh, and don't you dare judge me for my weaknesses. Uh, I'm not judging you for your faults. Don't judge them for their faults. Uh, amen. We need God. And so I'm moving very quickly. I'm not going to be long today. So don't try to get comfortable I'll be pretty short uh, the first common denominator is uh, that every day you wake up the devil's going to try to destroy your life I'll be honest with you I watched every one of you I, I watched you from this viewpoint and there's some of you that didn't put your hands together and you didn't lift your hands and magnify God there's some of you here that I can look at you and I can tell you have you have weights on your shoulder. You have distractions in life uh, and you came to church and I'm so grateful for it. Uh, but it let me know this, uh, that there's a devil that's trying to destroy you here today. Uh, amen. It let me know that what I'm preaching is true. Uh, you're struggling today. Uh, you're having a hard time, a hard season, a hard week. Uh, why? Because there's a devil that wants to destroy you. Secondly, secondly, we have all sinned and we've all fallen short. At some point in time, we have all been vulnerable and weakened by the devil's attempts to destroy our life. The third point is this, if we have all sinned and we have all come short, the third point is this, that we all need a 
Savior. Every one of us, there is nothing we could do on our own merit or our own good to repay the debt of sin. The penalty of sin was what? death. Uh, amen. The, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. The Bible tells us in the rest of that verse of John chapter 10, verse 10, uh, it said the thief had come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus said, uh, I've come that they might have life uh, and they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Uh, Jesus cares about you and I right here, right now. Jesus cares about what you are going through. Uh, Jesus sees the attacks that the devil brings your way uh, and he is concerned amen uh, I am thankful today that I could stand here and say uh, that if it wasn't for Jesus uh, in my life I would be a victim of the devil but I stand here today as a testimony uh, that thank God for the blood uh, thank God for the atoning work of Calvary thank God for his spirit uh, and the work of Jesus Christ amen you know, the truth of the matter is here today is that there's people in this, co this congregation that you've been addicted to drugs, uh, you've been addicted to alcohol, you've been addicted to nicotine and cigarettes, uh, some have been addicted to pornography, uh, there's marriages here that you have been on the rocks and faced divorce uh, with your spouse, uh, there's people here that experience physical and mental abuse in their life as a child, uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, unless they stood up and gave the testimony, you, my friend, would never know that. Why? Because despite, in spite uh, of the devil's best attempts to destroy them, uh, all of a sudden they found themselves uh, face to face with Jesus. Uh, hey, somebody, they found themselves face to face uh, with the Savior that cares about them, uh, a Savior that loves them, uh, a Savior that died for them. Amen. You would never know it because of the power and the life that Jesus came to give. Come on, somebody. How many of you out there will be honest as you know there was a day that I was under the grips of sin. There was a day that I was under the, the, the thumb of the adversary. But there was also a day where I found the cross. Amen. My sins were forgiven. My sins were washed away. Amen. And what Paul say, such were some of you, but you've been washed. You've been cleansed. Amen. I'm thankful today for the power of Jesus in my life. Amen. Come on, don't look at me and say, well, preacher, you're a preacher. I wasn't always a preacher. Come on, I lived both sides of the fence. I'm not going to sit here and glorify where I've walked, but I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody able to do it like Jesus does it in your life. Uh, ain't nobody has the ability to restore like Jesus has in your life. Amen. And so we see this, that Jesus came to reverse the curse. Jesus came to reverse what the adversary or the devil is trying to destroy in our life. Matter of fact, Paul reads in Corinthians 15, 1, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, by which you are also saved. Everybody say saved. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that... Uh, which I also received how that Christ died. Everybody say died. He died for our sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried. Everybody say buried. And then he rose again on the third 
day according to the scripture. And so Paul is bringing you the good news and he's saying, I received this. And now I'm going to tell you, there was a reason and an ability that was provided for me that I am able to experience salvation from the grips of the adversary. Salvation from the grips of the devil. And that is this, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Would you say that with me? The death, the burial. And the resurrection. Amen. And so we see this. This is what I want to recap with. We see that because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, what should that speak to us? I'll tell you what it speaks to us. It says this, that God is a God of second chances. Amen. I am so thankful for the God of second chances. When I was guilty and I deserved to die and I should have faced the penalty of my sins, he walked in the form of a man and he gave his life so that I didn't have to die. Amen. He wants to give us a second chance. Somebody clap your hands and just thank God for that. And so recapping very quickly. <clears throat> Number one, the devil wants to destroy us. Number two, we have all been vulnerable and fell at some point in time and have sinned. Number three is what? Help me out. We all need a Savior. And who is that Savior? Listen, I'm telling you, you might not like peanut butter on your hamburgers. Uh, you might not like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. But I'm telling you what, we are all alike in a lot of categories. Uh, in the common denominators, I am thankful for Jesus uh, that brings us together, amen, in the body of Christ. Lastly, the fourth common denominator is this, uh, is this that each and every one of us have the choice, amen. Not only the choice, uh, but an opportunity. Would you say that with me the choice and the opportunity each and every one of us no matter which life we have lived where we have come from or what we have done we all have the opportunity and the choice to either accept the atoning work of Jesus on the cross or to reject what Jesus has done for us you might say this you might say brother Aaron, how how exactly do I accept what Jesus has done for me? Did you ever ask that question before? A more familiar question is how do I accept the Lord as my personal Savior? Did you ever hear that or wonder that question? And that's a good question. That's a legitimate question. Matter of fact, I think almost everybody that's ever come to the Lord has asked that question in some type of form. You have to. To get to the cross, you got to know what it was for and how do I accept what Jesus has done? So how do you accept the work of the Savior on the cross? How do you accept the work of the death, the burial, and the resurrection? And that's a good question. As a matter of fact, I'll take you back to the very first people who ever asked that question. You want to know where that was at? It was in Acts chapter 2. When the day, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Holy Ghost was poured out, 37 and 38. 
Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell upon 120 believers. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. Is that not what it says? As what? The Holy Ghost gave the utterance. This experience, if you read 5, 6, 7 through like 9, you will see that this experience didn't just stay in the upper room because now there was onlookers. Somehow it spilled out into the streets and people began to come to it and people began to wonder what this was. And some of them, is this not what it says? Some of them said, uh, these men are drunken. Amen. These men uh, are intoxicated. Uh, and, and at that point in time, Peter stands up uh, and he seizes this moment. Uh, he captures the opportunity. And what did he say? These aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Hello, somebody. But then he says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, saying, in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And he reaches back to the promise of the Father where God said, one day uh, I'm going to reignite unite, uh, my spirit with my creation. One day uh, I'm going to put my, my spirit in their hearts. Amen. And he reaches all the way back. And guess what? The first preacher, he didn't stop there. Man, he began to walk in the anointing of God. He began to preach. You just read about it all in that chapter 2. And he walks right down their pews. And he's, he looks them in the eye and he says this. And verse 33 through 36, he basically said, You guys are guilty of crucifying your Lord and your Savior. Amen. Jesus was the Savior of the world. And you are the ones with blood on your hands because you enticed the spirit that was trying to crucify Jesus. And you cried out to, to Pilate. You said, release, release the other man, but give us Jesus. And he said, you are guilty. Man, we're just like him. And what did they say? Men and brethren, what must we do? How do I make my wrongs right? How do I take the guilt of my sin and I make it right? How do I accept the fact that, that Jesus has died for my sins and he was buried and rose again? Uh, and Peter, on the first day of Pentecost, the first apostolic message, uh, help me, quote it with me. He said, then Peter said unto them, uh, repent, amen, and be baptized, every one of you, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, for the what? The remissions of your sins, uh, and ye shall receive uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so the answer to the question, uh, how do I take back or make my wrongs right. Uh, you must repent of your sins. Uh, you must be baptized in Jesus' name so that your sins are washed away. And then you must receive uh, the Holy Ghost. Anything other than that is mocking what Jesus had to go through. It was the death on the cross. What is repentance? It's taking our old man, our old habits, the things you know are wrong, and it's saying, Jesus, I don't want to do them anymore. And nailing your old man and your old habits to the cross. That's called repentance. 
They took that body that represented all of our sins and they buried him in a tomb. They covered him over. You know why Romans says we're buried with him? Sister Jess, come. You know why Romans says we're buried with him in baptism? Uh, because it's not just good enough to repent of your sins. Uh, you've got to take that old man out of the out off the cross uh, and you've got to walk him to the watery graves of baptism. Uh, and when you put him under, the Bible says uh, that it washes away the old man, the old record, the old sin, and it's gone. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus so that your sins are washed away, all right, here is your pastor. I suggest you talk to your pastor and say, you know what? Uh, I want to know more about baptism. I want to know more about making my wrongs right. Let's all stand in the house. And lastly, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, hey, somebody, come on, smile, Brother Aaron. Come on, I want to see some teeth. Smile at me. I say growl at me. Somebody go get some Starbucks and Dunkin'. We need to bring this house back together. Huh? If you have never received the power of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost like Peter preached about with the evidence of speaking in tongues, my friend, I want to tell you what, uh, I wouldn't go another day without coming up to an altar and saying, God, I need your spirit in my life. Let me meddle a little bit. I thought I was in an apostolic house with apostolic people that believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And when I just said, I won't go another day without the Holy Ghost, not one person clapped their hands. Come on, somebody. I won't want to go another day without the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. Uh, I don't want to go another moment without knowing uh, that I got the Spirit of God. Uh, I don't want to go another minute uh, without being filled with His presence. Come on, the power of the Holy Ghost is a game changer. The power of the Holy Ghost is our strength. question is everybody did not Jesus come to die for the sins of the whole world is everybody going to heaven is everybody going to go to heaven wide is the way to destruction and many Many are going to walk to destruction, but narrow, help me, narrow is the way. And how many? Few. But if Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, why won't everybody go to heaven?
because as much as I would want to, I would want to force you to get baptized, uh, and much as I'd want to force you to get the Holy Ghost, uh, I can't. You know why? Because that is your opportunity, and that is your choice, uh, and nobody can make you do it. Uh, not even God's going to force you to respond. Uh, not even God will make you get baptized so your sins are washed away. Not even God will force you uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, that only comes when you say, you know what, God? I want to do it your way, uh, and I want more of you in my life. Uh, if it's my opportunity uh, and my choice, uh, I'm going to take that opportunity. Come on, somebody. Here's what I want on this great Sunday morning. I would like this. I would like everybody. Everybody say everybody. I would like everybody to come up front with me in this altar. If we have to, just push that first set of chairs back. first slide he is doing such a wonderful job helping me go ahead and press on in push some seats back if you have to there's some room over here in the corner but here's the truth of the matter here's the truth of the matter right there some with black hair, some with lots of hair, long hair, no hair, white hair, gray hair, some with blue, maroon, purple, yellow, white. We're all different, but yet somehow we're all alike. We all need Jesus in our lives. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to lose Sister Jess and Sister Marie to, to sing in the praise team. But there's some of us here today that you're feeling the effects of an adversary trying to stop your life and destroy your life. There's some of you here that is weighted down and you're carrying stuff uh, and you're, you're, you're hindered. But guess what? Look around. We've all been there. You're not alone. You're not the only one he's tried to attack. We're all been there. And maybe not everybody's in that same place, which means that I know that I can walk with authority and power. And I can pray for you and I can command that adversary to leave you alone. There's some of you here that's never repented of your sins. Here, Brother Aaron, there's some of you that know that there's stuff that you're doing that's wrong that you need to get rid of out of your life. You need to repent. Make it right. Some of you have never been washed in the waters of baptism so that your sins can be washed away like the Bible says. At this altar, it'd be a nice time to talk to your pastor and say, teach me a little bit more. I think in 2018, are you ready? In 2018, I'm going to take a giant step forward in my walk with God. 
in 2018, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue after God like I've never pursued after Him before. Anybody here that's never received the Holy Ghost? Huh? You've never received the Holy Ghost? Well, today, amen, I ask you to reach with all your heart. Uh, Brother Lewis will pray with you, uh, and the power of God is going to touch your life, my friend. Come on, anybody else? Somebody say, Jesus is awesome. Are you ready for the power of God to begin to sweep through this place? Are you ready? How many of you have a need in your body? A need, there's a sickness. How many of you have some physical needs? Uh, I need you to lift your hands so people know who to pray with. Uh, some physical needs. How many, the devil's been fighting you with fear and guilt and shame and condemnation and doubt and depression. Come on, uh, now's the time to let the power of the Holy Ghost flow. Come on, lift your hands all over this place, each and every one of you. Come on, be 